Welcome back, everybody, to another tailgate edition of the OA News Overtime what? Podcast. Jordan? I'm Jordan Hill with Justin Lee. We got, Justin. Some, we got some stuff to talk about. We got bro. a podcast to do. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it, Auburn, <laughs> Auburn fans. I don't know if Auburn you want to talk, talk about it. I don't let's know talk. if you want to talk about it. <laughs> so, you look at the final score, Auburn 34, sure, sure. Georgia State 24, and you go, well, you know... Uh-huh. That was that sounds like a pretty close game, but right. George, you know Auburn had enough to brother that uh, that is as close as you get to right. getting upset by a Sun Belt team. Yep. It took T.J. Finley throwing a uh, fourth and nine pass, a miracle like, pass a complete, at that complete miracle. Yep. To Shedrick yep. Jackson, and then Smoke Monday is like, well, we'll go ahead and seal it with a, a pick six to make it look nice and pretty. Yeah, ugly. That, that uh, ugly. That exclamation point reminded me of uh, 06 Auburn, Florida. It ended up being a ten point game because they ran in a fumble return at the very end at the buzzer for no reason. You know, that you know, just an exclamation point in garbage time. But again, I don't know, man. One of the things that we've been talking about just on the ride back from the stadium to here is I compare it, obviously, to Utah State and Jacksonville State, two games for Auburn. In 2011, it was Utah State. They went to overtime, that scare, I think. I think they went to overtime. I know Jacksonville State, then they went to overtime. Was that in 2015? I was going to Texas then. Pretty sure it was 2015 or maybe 2016. Anyway, Jack State. Uh, those two games, uh, those were the scares for Auburn, and that's what this was. But it's kind of amazing that at the end of the day, uh, everything could have been different. But it isn't, and uh, and now you pack up and go to Baton Rouge, and and you know use this gut check to try to you know spin things around because you know you you would have felt really bad going to Baton Rouge. Obviously, it goes without saying, right? But uh, I don't know, Jordan. It's kind of weird to me that everything could have been different, you know, as I leave the stadium, uh, but it's not. Because and it's it's kind of crazy how just a few plays can decide that. Literally one play. I mean, if. TJ's pass is off target. If he doesn't know what to do when pressure's in his face, I mean, and it's he game was over. so close to being sacked. Yeah. Like, I mean, it yeah. was I, the fact he even got a pass off to me was incredible. Right, right, right. right. It's I, I don't know. Just trying to digest it. It's like, uh, it's I don't know. Those are hard. Those games are hard to digest. I guess. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and the thing that hit me, you know, you're talking about what if. What if they don't uphold that John Samuel Shanker catch? Right, that was a bad call. And that it was, was incomplete, but it should have been incomplete. It was, and that was a big gain. I mean, yeah. that might have been the enti- you know entirely different ending to this game. And who knows, maybe Auburn would have still won. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that got the ball down there, I think, near the 10 when they were able, I think maybe the 11. Jarquez has a short run for maybe about a yard. Two back-to-back incompletions that set up that fourth and nine. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that drive. You know the the go-ahead drive. Auburn starts at the two with the <laughs> best. Man. The only other punt I can think of that was as good as that one was uh, I think this was Georgia. This would have been 2015 when they played. Georgia played at Tennessee. Georgia had like a 21 to three lead. It's the game Nick Chubb got hurt, blew it. Mm-hmm. Tennessee takes the lead. Mm-hmm. Georgia's got a chance late, and Tennessee punts. And, I mean, it looked like a video game punt. Like, it rolled and rolled right out at the one. That's the only other play <laughs> I've ever seen that reminded me of that. Right. And, I mean, I'll be honest. I'm sitting there thinking when that Georgia State punt happens, they're, they're done. I thought it was over. They're yeah. done. And I thought – and I was sitting there thinking, you know, Georgia State hasn't had the breaks. Like, Utah State and Jack State – 
had breaks go their way. And it was like, you know, and you need to when you're playing a, a team with much more talent than you. But I was thinking, you know, Georgia State, like they've been going three and out on offense, but they've been – it's not like Auburn threw the big pick six. It's not like Auburn had the block punt return for touchdown. Georgia State did. You know, Auburn cashed in the block punt. Uh, it's not like Georgia Tech was getting fluke touchdowns like that. Only Auburn got them. Uh, but then that punt – was like, oh, okay, that's a break. That's yes. a break for Georgia State. And there was a few others that they could have had. I think specifically Javarius Johnson had that muff punt. Right. And right there, like, to me, yep. that could have been one of those breaks you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable, man. I mean, and we can talk about the what-ifs. I mean, you know, it could, in a, for a first-year coach, um, they saved their butt, man. It yeah. It got bad. And then you go into this five-run, this five – game stretch of SEC games um, if players quit on your team you go 0-5 there it's ugly Jordan it gets ugly fast if that if that happens obviously it didn't happen today obviously the team didn't quit uh, they kept playing in the final down uh, but uh, man tight scrape <laughs> what a game what a game the thing to me that I'm sitting here thinking first I want to point out and this is something that we wrote in the notebook afterwards they're coming up on Auburn's about to begin an eight-game SEC. You know they're done with non-conference play. I should say right. the games the rest of the way are all SEC games. That's the longest stretch, eight straight SEC games. Not counting 2020 because all the games in the regular season were SEC games. Uh-huh. But back in 2005 is the last time they played. They played seven uh, consecutive SEC games that season. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a tall task, and if you come it into is, it, and if you come into it having lost to Georgia State, like right. you're talking about a, a really bad situation. And I want to bring up, and I want to kind of turn this over to you, Justin, because I thought the point you made in your postgame column is the one that I think makes a lot of sense for how Auburn and even Auburn fans can kind of take this game. Um, but sort of the, the the fact that you can write the W in the column and move along and just kind of leave it in the back of your mind, uh, just sort of share your thoughts on, on sort of that mentality and, and why that really is the most important thing Auburn can do at this point. It's funny, and I you know I made a lot of presumptions just a second ago talking about you know team quitting or whatever, but the reason I did that uh, you'll see in a second. Because I so and I kind of wrote about it is I, I almost make the comparison, obviously the comparison to Utah State and Jack State, but I make the comparison to the national championship game in 2013. Um, I remember watching that game. I actually watched it in the arena here. It was a watch party in the arena. Arena was new at the time. Uh, and I remember just everyone leaving after the game, and it's so subdued. You know what I mean? And, like, it's just amazing what would 11 seconds, one touchdown pass, Jameis Winston to Kelvin Benjamin, it's amazing what would have been different. You think about the, the mural at Toomer's drugs you know what i mean there'd be a whole other one uh auburn would have three stars on its jersey for three national championships instead of two um you know i mentioned that would have they would have had five there would have been five straight national championships in the iron bolt rivalry obviously you know what alabama does is an important to auburn people but think about recruiting think about how things could have changed there you're keeping up with that for for four years you kept neck and neck with alabama right uh two national championships so uh i i just think about how different things would have been and then, um, and then the, the coincidence is that I think about Florida State this year. Because Florida State lost to Jack State on that play. They got mollywopped today by a bad team. I don't remember who they played. Louisville. 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 Who got whopped by Ole Miss. A lot of whopping going on right now. 
and that's what I, that's what I'm talking about. You know, I was presumptive earlier about quitting on the team, but Florida State, those guys probably quit on the team. No disrespect. After, but come on, like you look at in that example, they almost beat Notre Dame, and like it looked right. like it looked like man, they are set. They are going to be back, and look at where they are now. Right. It could have been. Wow, was that this year on Florida State? Notre yes, Dame? yes. Wait, so that's uh, so that's Auburn, Penn State, right there. Yeah. And then they lose to Jack State, which is Auburn, Georgia State. And then they now they're losing to dang Louisville. Yeah. Because players probably, you know, they're not as focused. They're not as locked in as they were with Notre Dame. I mean, and think about, uh, to your point, these are 18, 19, 20-year-old kids. Right. It, it is super easy. Think about how when you were that age, being in a situation uh-huh. like that, it'd be easy to just say, man, like, we, we suck. Yeah, it's over. Yeah. yeah. Gerard Powers said that one time about 08. He said, he said well, after one game, he looked in the locker room to one of his teammates. I wish I knew who. But uh, he just looked at him and was like, man, we're bad. And, like, that's that's it, you know? Here comes the rest of the media. Here comes the rest of the... Uh, as loud as they can. Ah! That's a tight scrape. Did we dust yet? Tight scrape, kind of like today for the Tigers. Uh, <laughs> I really hope that guy. We're not going to name who just yelled TJ Finley for Heisman. Uh, but maybe we can get one of these guys over here. Uh, well, I think they're circling at this point. So, Justin, come here. Justin Ferguson. Justin. Yeah, we want Justin. We picked Justin. Folks, Justin. folks, <laughs> what's what's the situation? What do we think? Ferg, what's your immediate reaction to the game? Um, it's better to win than lose, but man, they've got a lot of work to do, and I felt like we thought about that after the Penn State game, obviously. Um, but still, I mean, you for most of that game. Georgia State was the better football team, and that is a problem because you're about to walk into one of the toughest stretches of schedule that anybody's going to face in college football. I kind of said, like, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire, and at least they kept the fire within the stadium. <laughs> like, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. We, kept the, we kept the fire within the field before it's it got contained. to the tree line, right? Before it got to the tree line and got out. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, X's and O's wise, I mean, does that just tell you there's a lot to, a lot to fix here? Because, like I said, I said, watch the film once and burn it. But they're gonna learn. What are they gonna learn when they look at that? No, I think they. I, I think it was said best by the defensive guys afterwards. It's like we didn't do anything we were supposed to do in the first half. Mm-hmm. Just do your job. And it's like they didn't change up anything on defense other than the fact that they had Zacoby McLean. And offensively, they didn't change a ton either. They just started hit some things they didn't do. And like that's the thing is like I don't even know if it's more of a scheme thing or an X's and O's thing, but I was preparation and execution i mean and that goes to coaches and players alike yeah but in the first half i thought it was like you know especially like you know they didn't reinvent the wheel they just started playing like they were the sec team and, and georgia state was the sunbelt team and it was enough to win but brother you cannot do that again just period you compare this one to uh obviously jack state utah yep. state someone gotten my mentions on twitter and said you were probably too young to remember but 99 with app state i don't know about that one uh, uh, I don't remember that one. That yeah, much. I don't know. There's a UCF game as well from back in the day that that's that's like it as well. I just it, yeah, it's it, it's it's one of those things that you know you'll learn a lot from it, but I don't know if there's anything new you're necessarily going to learn. Right, right. How about this comparison? We're going to run one thing by you real quick. All right. We were talking about uh, you know I talked about the Florida State national championship game, how things could have been different, right? Yeah. Now we're like, oh my God, think about. Florida State this year, how things could be different. Jordan said that you know they played with Notre Dame at the beginning of the year. Yeah. Now they're zero and four, lost. getting trashed by Louisville yeah. because they lost at you know 
possibly because they lost to Jack State. You lose the locker room and things yeah. go bad, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so you look at there's there's a comparison. The the Penn State game is the Notre Dame game. You lose a game like this, things could have gone very south. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, what does what does that tell you? What how how important how big TJ Finley's pass was? Oh my right. gosh. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we'll see next Saturday night at LSU how much actually winning this game helped them. Right. Because if they come out and look like this and, and LSU takes care of business, it's going to be like, well, the only difference is, is you didn't get the embarrassing loss. Like, you saved yourself embarrassment, but you didn't get better or it didn't spark you to anything more. Right. So, But the funny thing is there's going to be a lot of different variables involved in that, including who's going to be the quarterback. And I have a good feeling none of us are going to know for a while. No. And that's fine. Sure. And that's probably the smartest thing to do about it. But it's going to make things interesting for sure. It's going to be one of those seasons. Yeah. With the quarterbacks every game, we're going to wonder what's going to happen, I think. We'll see. I mean, Wind it. I mean, if if Finley comes out and like plays like a plays like the house is on fire, uh, and they win next week, I think it's pretty set. But yeah, you know, I can't, I can't sit here and think that you know, this is not going to be a storyline for for a while. I agree, and and the thing that I, I talked to a lot of people leading up to this season because people kept asking, "What do you think about TJ? What do you think about TJ?" And you know, everything we had heard from Brian Harson and and even Mike Bobo. Yeah, they really praised Bo, but I kept telling people, if TJ outplays Bo, TJ's going to play. There's, they have no, you know, loyalty or anything on the line well, as far as Bo goes. And right, and, and the other thing is, is like I think part of the reason why it wasn't that close in fall camp is because TJ wasn't ready. And they were talking about the second half of camp. It's like, well, it feels like the light's kind of coming on, but Bo had the edge and Bo had the advantage. And I'd said all along, it's like I think Bo Nix remains the starting quarterback at Auburn for as long as he's here, unless something changes. And Desperate times call for desperate measures. You're almost you're you're about to lose to a Sun Belt team for the first time ever. That's your desperate measure, right? You know, it was either going to take injury or something, you know, catastrophic. And in this case, it was like, well, we need to do something different to win. And who knows? I mean, like the way Georgia State's defense was playing and the way Auburn's receivers were late in that game, maybe Bo does better. You know, Bo does good in two minute situations usually, but. You know, I, I think that's I think that's something to to think about moving forward. Is just you know, T.J. Finley might be the guy moving forward for Auburn, but there was a reason he wasn't until tonight or this afternoon. It I took until so. it took all four downs, man. Yeah, you know, and he played better than and he played it wasn't be- a perfect drive. No, and he played better than Bo. You know, on sure. the whole, right? Sure, but you know, I think, I think Har- I think Harson said it. It was like he won the game. You know. It wasn't perfect, but he won the game. Right. Is that going to be enough to keep him there? And who knows? Maybe something looks different or feels different about him in terms of being ready to run this offense if he knows he's the guy. You know, not saying that he's not doing his job already. A lot of people have praised him for being ready, but like, there's going to be a natural difference where it's like, oh well, in practices and stuff like in game plan and stuff, we're like, oh, I'm the guy now, right? Right. So just natural. Even if you're the best, most hardest working good boy ever, like, right. as a teammate. <laughs> You're all, you're you're going to take a step forward. You're going to take a step forward, and you're going to raise your game to the next level when you think, okay, this is my shot. So that's what, that's what makes this next week going to be interesting. And then you have the layer of it that is LSU. You know, his first career Ooh, start. Boy, what be a, LSU. You couldn't write it any better. There will be narratives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So all these, all these, all these dang newspaper writers. Yeah, you've yeah, got yeah, it. We'll you've got it. it now. And Brian Harson gave us a narrative. He said it wasn't that one though. And right? I, here's the thing though: the, the storyline <laughs> he said he said the storyline is get better. And it's like, yeah, everybody involved has got to get better. Auburn offensively, defensively, outside of the really special teams. You know, well, special teams almost had that muff punt that right, and then Anders missed a forty yarder. But like, 
everybody's got to get better, right? Yeah. Everybody. And, and and I think Arsene's done a good job of pointing out to where it's just like, yeah, coaches, me, yeah. me, you know, yeah. because. The, the fire didn't get out of the field, but yeah. where there's smoke, there's fire. There's, there's a guy, they got problems. <laughs> they got, oh, yeah, they, they, they definitely have problems. But the other thing is, is like it's, it's week four of the first, you know, the first season under this new guy, and you've changed so much. So it's not like they can't possibly get better from there, right? How many times did we see Auburn take early season losses and then turn around and have really good seasons after it, right? And that uh, was LSU with you almost every Gus year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so like, and so like, you have yeah. you have ability to bounce back. This is college football, right? Sure. I mean, who would have thought that some of the games? I mean, some of the results we saw today. It's one of the most unpredictable sports, and Auburn's one of the most unpredictable teams. Hey, one of the most unpredictable is sports. Chaos Auburn back? Is that what you're telling me? I mean, may I don't think it ever really left. But That's true. I, but I do think there, there's a chaotic element of just being year one, yeah, right? Sure. They're still learning. They're, I mean, he said, Hartson said it after the game, man. Like, they, they're still moving their personnel around and playing everybody at wide receiver and running back because they're trying to find a combination that sticks. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of learning left to do, and there's a lot. It's a long season, and I mean, I think you can walk out of this game and see Auburn's first month of the year, the performances they had. You can see this Auburn team do really well, or you can see this Auburn team have a really tough season. And there's like, yep, there's a wide range of spectrum. So don't try to overanalyze and overthink it if you're a fan right now. Just sit back and enjoy it slash hate it, <laughs> and, and <laughs> move on. Right. And, and while we've been sitting here, I've been trying to think, and I always hate. I feel like I always use Georgia examples just from from watching them sure. and, and the experience over the years. But I think back to 2016. If you guys remember, Georgia almost lost to Nickel State, and that was Kirby's second game as head coach. And, like, I'm thinking of, like, some of the, the parallels to this in that, if I'm remembering right, Jacob Easton started, and at the very end they put in Grayson Lambert because offense was just was just not moving the ball. Right. So you had that situation, and I know everybody coming out of that game was like, what is what is wrong with this Georgia team? Like, yeah. they, they started the year, they beat North Carolina and did it fairly handily, and then they just laid an egg well, against like a you know like a fifty point undercard. And I, and I would be quick to point out that like everyone thinks Clemson is broken right now, and they're one of the most talented teams in the country. Um, Ohio State's not perfect. Oklahoma, as y'all are recording this, is losing to West Virginia. <gasps> like, yeah, you know, there's Tulane a lot. Beat them twice. There's a lot of what if and and and, and iffiness coming around about this the, about this football team, but but it's like that in the sport period, right? I think one of the things, big picture-wise, that has warped college football so much is that, you know, there was this narrative going around today that it was like, are there any good teams in college football? And I think I think that's just because Alabama's been so good for so long that you – and Clemson and Ohio State have done it and some other – LSU with the way they were. It's like they've done it for so long that you expect, oh, that's what a good college football team looks like. No, that's what an elite out of, out of the ordinary college football team looks like. There are good football teams that have bad games. Well, watch the NFL if you don't think that's true. There that's are what good I, football teams that, 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 that don't play well. That's what I was going to say is that we all – I mean, everybody that watches that wants there to be consistent carryover, that sure. the, the same teams are taking care of business week after week. But think about how often we talk about transitive wins in this sport, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, like we were talking about earlier with Jacksonville State's got a transitive win over you know, Louisville who beat – who. like it just always goes on and on. Right. It's There's never that – clean carryover game after game. It's just a matter of, did yeah. you take care of business on yeah. Saturday? Yeah, Alabama, and even Alabama this year, you know, played with fire against Florida last week. It's like, it, it has warped it. So, yeah, Auburn's got issues, and, and you know, they've got a lot of work to do, and they've got a tough schedule. But, like, I don't think you sit there and say, well, 
they're doomed because that's not how college football works, and that's not how Auburn works, and that's not how anything in the SEC is working this year. No doubt about it. He made the pass. He made the pass. They caught Shedrick caught the ball, and they got out of here with with a chance to move on without it without it. All becoming right, the big detriment that it could have been. Does All anybody right. have any in- right. anything interesting to say? I'm Support local journalism. Thank you, thank Tom you. Green, thank you. Christian Just Clemente, a man no. of. If Christian me- says anything, it'll be mean. Yeah. Okay. Well, I had to blur, we'll have to blur it. Yeah. Mean, to, mean to us. Yeah. Yeah. All right, boys. Yeah. All right. Thanks so much, Justin Ferguson. Subscribe. Justin. Subscribe to the Auburn Observer. Subscribe to the Auburn Observer. AuburnObserver.com. Lee, before we get out of here, let's talk a little bit more about quarterback in just that. Yeah. What do you sort of expect in the next few days as we get ready for the LSU game on Saturday? See you, Tom. You know what was interesting? He said, Brian said for the first time, he said a high school thing for me. Uh, and, you know, I love my high school coaches. He said, like, well, you know, you were watching it. We tried every running back we had, which they did. They put in put in tank. They went to Worm. They went to Jarquez trying to, trying to get a spark, right? He says, we tried every receiver we had, which, again, like I said, it went down to Elijah Canyon, all those guys. A lot of guys got reps. Um, and then he says, well, you can't just switch out the whole O-line, which you can't. And he says, so the next thing you do is quarterback. So he went and moved on to the quarterback and tried something different. Uh, and, hey, man, I'm, you know, we can – Justin will do a good job breaking down the rewatch and, and, you know, on-target passes and all of that. I don't know if Bo if TJ actually played better than Bo would have if you stuck with him. We don't know that answer. It's all it's, just hindsight. It's, it's not Groundhog Day. You know what I mean? He There's some of those throws that TJ missed that he probably could have hit. Uh, but you know, if Bo's in his own head and he's, he can't figure it out, if you're, we we weren't on the sidelines, so we don't see. You know, if you look at, if you see the look in Bo's eyes, Bo's eyes, or maybe even Bo could have said something like, "Hey, today's not my day." You know what I mean? Uh, we don't know, but um, you know, that's just I, you know, you know what I'm saying. Oh yeah, for sure. I think we're not going to have anything clear coming into the LSU game. Right. I think you know who knows. I don't think it's out of the. Uh, question that we might see both guys on Saturday. You know what I mean? Like I don't think anything's gonna be clear for the rest of the season. Yeah, Jordan. That's what I was gonna say. And nothing we see in this LSU game is, is kind of the point I was just talking to Ferg about, like game to game, like stuff carrying over. Yeah. I don't think that exists, especially when you have the situation that Auburn's looking at. Uh, but you know, I think obviously TJ has the best opportunity he's had since he got to Auburn to take over the starting job. Now, Willie, we don't know that. Right. You know, it's all a matter of how he handles practice, how he handles the pressure of a big moment like we talked about. I mean, hell, he's going into Baton Rouge. Yeah. I mean, like, we can't downplay that. You can't say that that doesn't mean a lot to all him. All eyes will be on him. Game day will probably run a package on it. You know, everything in the world. If your quarterback goes back to Baton Rouge, goes back to Tiger Stadium, uh, and he handled it with such grace. If you could, If you find that... You can't find that quote, seek it out, that he goes, you know, I'm just excited to be back in Tiger Stadium and it helped my team win whether I'm starting or not, you know what I mean? Uh, but that'll be – a, a lot of eyes will be on him, especially if he's named the starter before the game. No doubt about it. Let's get ready to wrap this thing up. Let's wrap it up. Justin, any other thoughts, anything we haven't hit on with this game before we uh, wrap it up and, and get ready for LSU week? I think we got it, man. They, they cont- Like I said, they contained the fire before it got out. Before it got out to the, you know, jumped the road and went to the next field. Uh, so you you you're glad about that because, like we said, the what ifs, the what ifs are dire when you go down that road, and they managed to avoid it. Uh, and now, uh, hey man, this team's got a lot to prove. I'll go ahead and say it. Brian Harson has a lot to prove. He has a lot to answer for. Uh, so does Mike Bobo. So does Derek Mason. But they have a chance to do it. 
they have a chance to, to prove it, to answer questions, go into Death Valley, play in Georgia, play in, you know, everyone on that stretch, Arkansas, LSU, whoever, Texas A&M. Uh, trips to Kyle Field, trips to Fayetteville, where they're going to be so excited because they just beat – I think they beat Texas A&M. They did. They did. And, and, and they beat Texas there earlier this season. All of a sudden, that's a tough trip, man. Uh, and, you know, like I said, man, you – you're, you're, if you lost this game, you're looking at 3-3 three and three at best after Georgia. Now it's looking a little bit better. For sure. And you talked about high school coaches a few minutes ago. You know what <laughs> comes to mind to me? I'm going to quote Nosoga head coach Anthony Jones. Let's go! An ugly win is better than a pretty loss. There you and go. That's just sort of the nature of it. That's I mean, it you, right. you know, there's so much that they got to clean up, but they got the win, and they're getting ready uh, to go to Baton Rouge, see if they can end that uh, losing streak there in Death Valley. History will remember it as a scare and not the disaster it could have been. No doubt. Let's wrap it up with that. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and be looking uh, midweek as we get ready for LSU. So thanks for listening. Until next time, take care.